The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. You remember what happened, right? Oh, such a long time ago now. I know, but you remember. It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Really? Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Was it reported? Yes. Do you know who Nina spoke to? You. It's a day of reckoning for everyone. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. In our discussion tonight, we will uh, talk about gender-based violence, sexual violence, um, issues that affect, I would say, everyone in some way. Um, So that is just um, to let our audience that we love know if this is not the episode for you, that's okay. And um, if you listen to our episode or not, and uh, are looking to talk further about these issues, I would suggest you go to www.rainrain.org slash resources. Um, it's a great organization that has uh, national resources as well as can connect you with some local ones. Um, and they have a phone number and all kinds of stuff there. With that being said, I'm Aislinn Addington. <laughs> and I am Tobin Addington. Uh, and we are continuing here our month of Oscars. You will be listening to this after uh, the Oscar ceremony. But we have decided in the month of April uh, in 2021, we will be covering both movies directed by women nominated for Best Director at this year's Oscars. This being the first year that uh, there have been two women and uh, that there's ever been an, uh, uh, an Asian American woman um, or a British woman or, or a British woman. Right. Uh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I, that must be true. The internet told me that, but the internet I, has lied before. It has to be, has to be true. Who would it be? Um, so, uh, so yes, we are here to talk about promising young woman. Um, and so a movie that has had a lot of, Buzz and controversy and, you know, a lot of a lot of takes hot and otherwise. Um, and and we're here to 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 uh, hash it all out uh, for you. So that's why we picked this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both. I, th- I think it's safe to say a little hesitant yes. to check in on this movie. Um, as what was your experience of promising young woman prior to watching it for this episode? I think it uh, was you. Pardon me. (laughs) I think it was you, Tobin, who uh, made me aware of the trailer. Um, I think you sent it to me. You do that sometimes. Uh, I do. And I'm not sure now because it would have been, gosh, in the year of a global pandemic, it's hard to like pinpoint the timeline, if you will. But um, no kidding. likely you said, ooh, this is this is going to be something and mm-hmm. something, you know, potentially for us. Right. And I love Carrie Mulligan. I I think she's, I mean, clearly in this outstanding and we'll talk about it. Um, but, you know, she's one that I sort of watched along the way. I think she was in some cool and interesting things kind of before she was such a name Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now to see like 
th this, I don't know, this is a, a grand performance. I love it. So I was interested in her in this role and even just in the trailer, mm. like her affect was so interesting and different mm -hmm. for her and for like protagonist in a movie that um i was intrigued but apprehensive and i'm interested in why we were both apprehensive for me it is because of um my connection to gender-based violence and that i work in prevention and response pardon me <laughs> and so uh I'm always worried that they're going to do it wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, sure, there's, sure. There's, what? there's no right way necessarily. There's a lot of mm -hmm. wrong ways to handle. <laughs> um, I think this what topic, makes you think that media might get this topic wrong? I what do you what? Think? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that was some of my apprehension was around how are they going to handle this and, and the reception and how is the reception and potential controversy and whatever else, how is that going to impact folks that have a direct experience or, or are, are tied closely to this issue for whatever reason. And so wanting to wanting it to be good so that it's good. So that it's a good example and wanting it to be good. So it is less likely to be re-traumatizing uh -huh. to right. folks that, um, that might have to deal with that in everyday life of people making jokes about things that shouldn't be jokes or, right. um, or revenge fantasies that shouldn't be revenge fantasies or what have you. So that right. was my apprehension. Can you um, tell me yours? I mean, I had uh, uh, to some degree uh, similar to you, like worried that they, that they were going to get it. Pardon me. <laughs> this is our new bit. Um, worried that they were going to get it wrong. Um, also worried that it was going to be um, a little bit like a, again, from the trailer, like a candy colored revenge. Remember that French movie revenge that we saw that was very gory and violent yes. um, or hard candy or other sort of um, violent revenge movies that have a lot of gore and that are that, that, that I, I was worried about, about that and what that would I, mostly just cause I, I don't, I don't usually love that much gore in a movie. Yeah. So like, let alone connected to this. Get cut off in this movie, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like the wall of the wall of dicks nailed to the wall was not not the thing I was uh, particularly like. Not not for, for just just because you know um, like wanting wanting it to, to to do it well and also just like my sensitive stomach for that kind of uh, for the grody stuff. Um, and so I was a little apprehensive that way and i don't know i part of me always feels like um with movies that not always i should say um uh often i worry that portrayals of or movies dealing with sexual violence that movies are inherent inherently glorify the thing you're seeing because it is a movie it's sort of in inherent <laughs> inherent in the um in the movie that there is um uh the, the fact that it is a movie that we are seeing this um you know that it holds up the images as, as in glorification in some way and so anytime even if it's a negative portrayal of sexual violence it sort of feels like do we just need do we need to see it again right. i don't know that we need to see yeah, it again what, what do we need to see absolutely another reason that i was apprehensive um and even in gosh even in material that is meant to address this topic yeah you know, straightforward. There's um, there's a couple of great sort of documentaries around violence um, 
sexual violence and and just kind of gender um, expectations, all that stuff. Yeah. And they show footage of parties and things in the documentary. And I'm just, that is not, I'm already on your side. That's not the way to get me on your side. And that's a quick way to kind of (laughs) get me to ask for what purpose. Right, right. Which then leads me to be very excited to talk more about this movie Mm -hmm. um, and how they deal with things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, I'm anxious to hear how it has changed our, um, uh, how our perception changed having actually seen the movie then um, and, and how they handle it. Uh, Tobin, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's an alarm that's been going off occasionally. I, I have. Yes. I, I don't know what's going on with your alarm. Um, well, I, I set it's an alarm. It's a regular alarm. Oh, it's a regular an alarm. alarm. Okay. And, and I okay. set it uh, today for this purpose um, just to illustrate that statistically um, every 73 seconds, uh, a woman is assaulted, <sighs> sexually assaulted in our country. And I'm not going to run the timer for the entire show. That's not my purpose. But um, a thing that I have said before on multiple podcasts and just in the world that's sort of true is a lot of the funding for work that I do comes from the CDC. And it comes from the CDC because it's because this kind of violence is a pandemic because it Mm -hmm. happens so often and to so many people that it's like listed among diseases and things as a, a plight on mm-hmm. um, society. And it's happy for the funding. Let me just say, bring on the funding. Yep. But that is just so wildly infuriating and embarrassing to me yeah. that this thing that we as humans can solve, that we can say, no, we're not going to do this anymore, that we're just at this point unable to. Um, And then the last bit that I want to share before I get off my high horse um, was another thing that I think this movie brought into focus to some extent was um, accountability. And so, um, you know, five out of every thousand assaults will lead to jail time. Wow. So 230 out of a thousand might get a report from there. 46 out of a thousand might get an arrest. Um, nine out of that thousand will, will be a case handed to a prosecutor. And then I would say the, a little bit of good news is that conviction and incarceration are both almost at 5%. So at least when we get a conviction, likely there is some sort of jail time if that is a, an important component, component of justice of for you, but I right. think not for you, but for folks. Yep, um, yep. But so that's really upsetting. And I know that there are a lot of amazing people that work in and around criminal justice that are trying to make those changes and, and fix this, you know, people um, compare it to robberies and thefts and things and, and, And the way that we treat people who have experienced a robbery versus how we treat people who've experienced an assault. We know all these things. Um, But I also think that's why folks in helping professions are also so important. Because if we know that five out of a thousand people will get what 
we might consider general justice. Right. right. What are we doing for the other 900 995? 995. I lost my math. Again, this high horses. I'm curious. Um, And so I just want to shout out to folks who um, have, in whatever way, large or small, um, chosen to be a part of the solution and chosen to be helpful and chosen to believe people when they come forward. So thank you, everyone out there, for that. Because without all that, um, it would be an even darker set of numbers um yeah and now i'm done and we could talk about the movie <laughs> no i no i those are incredibly alarming and devastating statistics it they make me mad and hurt and i i can't imagine you know pe- people in i can't imagine what people must go through dealing with it let, either in the instance of it being them being directly involved or people in your position who are trying to help or people trying to prevent or all these sorts of things. Um, I, I, it's, you know, devastatingly important work. And um, that's, since I don't do that work from the outside, that seems like a really, really uphill climb that we're all on. I mean, you know, that we all have a part in. um, We do all have a part in it. Absolutely. We all have a role. And so I think, you know, when you say you're not involved, I I think you are in that the way that you, you know, being on campus is a really Mm -hmm. important place to be for this, right? We both do work on campuses. And so the way that you uh, not only respect everyone in your class, but demand respect of everyone in your class, the way you approach these topics and the way you signal to folks that you are a safe person i think mm-hmm. is part of that work absolutely right, right. and and we all have that and the other thing i will say because then sometimes there are people that like i want to help and i want to do all the things here's what if you do your piece really well right and trust that i'm going to do my piece really well right right then we really can all you know make that and the patchwork is complete yeah absolutely so i would yeah. say keep doing what you're doing and letting <laughs> folks know that resources and and hope is available uh, and you keep doing what you do in our conversation all right tobin to get yes. us back on track may sure. i have a couple of bits of history because i do despite all the things want to talk about this movie so <laughs> tell me a little bit more behind the scenes please all right. So this movie was uh, written and directed by Emerald Fennell, uh, one of the Oscar-nominated uh, directors this year, um, also nominated for her script. Um, and uh, it, people might know uh, uh, Ms. Fennell, she played Camilla Parker Bowles on the most recent season of The Crown on Netflix, which was – she's so good. And I didn't know – I knew this movie was coming out. I knew that Emerald Fennell was the director of it. And I, and I was watching The Crown and it was like – this woman's really good. This actor who's playing Camilla and then realizing that it just blew my mind. Um, so uh, apparently the, she sold the script by pitching the first scene uh, at Margot Robbie's company. And Sounds like a good place to do that. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yeah, let's do that. Um, uh, the other uh, bit saying it. So 26, 2017 apparently is when that happened. This is, that's a really fast turnaround for something to go from uh, a script being pitched to being um, made. Um, then the other thing is that the uh, apparently the filmmakers uh, wanted to cast 
the, the male roles with actors who were known for playing more good guys than bad guys or every man characters or people you would know from romantic comedies and things like that that were like there was some um in uh, some built in safety or something with the mm-hmm. audience or some kind of like re- relationship that's positive with the audience so that um the movie could then play with um how the fact that you you can't <laughs> that, that doesn't mean anything what right. what you what you you know what a person looks Perception. like I mean, it, yeah you know, and, like, and um, past experience could be another yeah. thing too right? right and i'm gonna try not to do this the whole time and feel free to cut it out um we know that most folks do not commit violence against right. other people most people don't most men don't the men who do do it over and over again right do it over and over again. right right and are very tricky, manipulative, all those things, which includes being very charming Uh and uh showing a different side to most people so that when someone says this happened to me, they'll say, oh, but he was such a nice guy. I dated him and nothing ever happened. Right, right, right. so, and then, right, yeah. right, right, exactly. Char- character witnesses, yes, credibility, uh, sort of all these credibility. words that make me prickle um, because of uh, <laughs> my proximity to this. Uh, and they brought it up in the in the movie. They the, the word vulnerable is somewhere in the movie, and and it was placed mm. as like someone shouldn't put themselves in a vulnerable position. Right. However, folks who perpetrate look for those who are or could made. Could be, could be made, made to, to be, be right more vulnerable, right, 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 right. Like, right. Ah, so yeah, I mean, I, there's a, there's, a, there's a reason that predator is the word, right? I mean, if you think about in the in the 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 um, non-human animal world, you know, predators are are you know searching out the prey that they can, you know. I mean, so like it works. The language yeah. is some sometimes language is apt in in these cases. Um, no, I don't I don't want to be rude to you. Um, oh dear. And many, if not all, I would say all of the um, male speaking roles in this movie are all actors that that I know from things and all actors that I know from things that I at one time liked or still uh-huh. love Veronica Mars. Sure. Um, <laughs> what was that? Was that your experience? Are these familiar faces to you? Um, the, the, there were, uh, many of them were, um, I, I, am not dialed into a lot of the things that th- they're all on. I mean, anybody on Veep, I'm going to know immediately. Um, sure. I did not know, uh, the actor who played Al. Chris main... Noel. Yeah. Veronica Mars. Yeah. See, yes. cause you're, you're the Veronica Mars. <laughs> devotee yeah. and i have watched maybe half a dozen maybe half a dozen three three or four episodes with you yeah and, and I, I know it's a show i would love yeah but i but i don't know the yeah, actor so that's that's gonna hit and he i think he does have that like kind of baby face thing mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. glow he's in glow and is is great oh, in glow okay oh oh yes okay yes i do know him then okay okay and and I enjoy him as an actor and an artist in in that era where Kickstarter was a big deal. I did donate sure. to some of his independent film projects. Yep. So early and often, as I recall, to see like that that hit me in the in the feeling. <laughs> and I think he did a great job of what they yeah. needed him to do, which was oh, to yeah. be the villain and also to be a human. Yep. Yep. Right. 
Right. Totally. Um, so anyway, I, just, the I, was, again. <laughs> yes. I was just curious yeah. because I was like, oh, these are all. I mean, you know. I know I see that some of them are like, I know Aislinn's going to know who that is. I mean, you introduced me to Bo Burnham. I, I mean, there are. You introduced me to Bo Burnham. Oh, really? Did Either I? way. <laughs> I think it was you, honestly. Okay. Um, all right. All right. This is no one cares because you had your blog. And you would put something oh, cute. Oh, you're right. Internet stuff. That's and right. And this lanky teen making satirical parody songs in his That's right. attic or whatever. And then That's got it. like, then blew up. And then yep. from my perspective, and I'm not an expert at all, sort of took like a step back and became... Mm-hmm very critical of some media things and comedy things and all that. And then has really performed as a, as a, like, I would say cutting edge artist, right. Mm-hmm. With eighth yeah. grade, like how is this right. guy making eighth grade kind of thing? Right. 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 And, it, and in the oh. big six sort of sending up the whole comedy yeah. scene yeah. and yeah, yes. yeah, totally. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I, yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about it. We'll talk about we'll it. Talk, we'll talk. We'll talk. Um, uh, Iceland. Speaking of talking, no. Wait. Uh, speaking of roles, uh, would you take us through uh, ladies in charge, w- women involved in major roles in the film "Promising Young Woman"? I would love to. As we have mentioned, writer, director, producer Emerald Fennel, <laughs> actors Carrie Mulligan, Laverne Cox, Allison Brie, Jennifer Coolidge, Connie Britton. And Molly Shannon. <laughs> Producers, Allison Cohen, Ashley Fox, Fiona Walsh-Hines, Josie McNamara, Carrie Mulligan, and Margot Robbie. <laughs> Casting, Lindsey Graham and Mary Verneu. Art direction, Liz Kluskowski. Set direction, Ray Deslich. And costume design, Nancy Steiner. Do you think they'll ask me to read the, the names uh, for award seasons? Oh, I, I was going to say at prom. <laughs> Remember the person? Or no, at, was it prom where they'd read the names as you walk in? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yes either, either way i think you'd be great <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh goodness i mean so much so much so many things but now that i look at this list i kind of want to start in a weird place and you i want to start... sorry oh <laughs> <laughs> that's the second week in a row or second episode in a row <laughs> yes tobin uh which yeah. Give us a summary of this film. Here's what I've got. Promising Young Woman stars Carrie Mulligan as Cassie, a woman we will come to find out is still grieving the assault and death of her longtime best friend Nina back in medical school. Cassie processes her emotions by acting drunk in bars in order to catch various men who try to pick her up and assault her, teaching them lessons that are never quite made clear. When Cassie runs into another former classmate and learns that Nina's chief assailant, now a successful doctor, is about to get married, she sets out to one by one force those who hurt Nina both before and after the assault to face what they did. Following a doomed romance that almost helps set Cassie free, the film climaxes at a bachelor party in the woods before Cassie enacts her final retribution on behalf of promising young women everywhere. Mm, That was good. That was very good. Thanks. 
Yeah. So now, where did you want to start? You had a you had a place to start. I did, and it's with the cast. Mm. And I want to start with Jennifer Coolidge. Oh yeah, let's. I was transfixed by her performance. Mm-hmm. It's so not what we have come to expect from Jennifer Coolidge. And I was just talking about her because on High School Slumber Party AP, mm-hmm. we um, are covering at some point uh, American Pie Girls Rules, just like the seventh <laughs> American Pie. Um, okay. And when I was talking about like, the cultural impact of the first one, Jennifer yeah. Coolidge is one of the things I mentioned. Like, she totally. sort of took up the banner of um, sexy mom for a while. And then other people hired her to do similarly, I don't know, provocative or, or um, broad performances. And so to see her in this was mm-hmm. such a shift for me. And I was so impressed. It reminded me of, and when I say it reminded me of, I'm not saying they're the same thing. I'm saying in my experience, one thing popped another bubble into my head. The other bubble was uh, Allison Janney in uh, American beauty. Beauty. I knew it was one of totally. them American movies. It was a tie. <laughs> it was a tie. <laughs> um, but that just kind of devastated mom mm-hmm. role was. Yeah. I just thought she was. I was just so impressed. So that's where I wanted to start. Was Jennifer Coolidge? Amazing work. I mean, I saw the 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 cast is you know list comes up as the in the opening credits and i keep seeing names and thinking oh great oh great oh amazing and then and jennifer coolidge names come up comes up and and i say to myself i mean because i when i think of jennifer coolidge i think of the christopher guest movies um american pie um and legally blonde those are the sort of three things that stew in my brain and so i'm and and, and this is still the point where i'm worried the movie is going to be the candy colored revenge gory thing and i'm like oh is this gonna go to like quote-unquote satire in a way that's gonna they're gonna think they're clever and they're not by having someone who does that kind of comedy and then when she shows up i double take is mm-hmm. that is that jennifer because it's not how she's usually you know these characters that she's most known for playing are very um done up the makeup the hair the clothes like there's a very kind of done th- and she's very stripped down here both you know, emotionally and in, in the, in the way she's costumed and, and made up. Um, and so I thought she was, I agree mesmerizing. And I had the same note about American beauty in my um, notes here. I mean, and, and, and the canniness of casting the woman who played the character about whom MILF was coined as a phrase as the mom in this movie is like tremendous. What a smart canny thing to do as you're casting this movie. Um, and then for her to to do it as beautifully as she did, I was just, I'm, it was devastating. It was devastating. She was great. I thought she was so, so good. I loved it. And I think, and part of it is knowing sort of the, the other things she's capable of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It even more, the stillness, even more right. so like, salient right and thus like in further informed the world of the movie in a way that like that is a needle that is really tricky to thread and so i'm i'm super impressed i mean obviously i'm gonna be impressed with everyone involved and 
And I just think you're, I'm so glad it was made the way it was. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we would have had this in the same way if there had been dudes behind it. Oh, for sure. Director, right? We would have gore, I think. Maybe not everyone, but like, that's the thing is that it's okay. Girl with the dragon tattoo. Too gory for Iceland. Too intense for Iceland. Also, as a person who's dedicated their life to anti violence, for me, straight up revenge fantasy. Is not as satisfying as I think mm-hmm. people think it would be. Right. Because it just perpetuates the hurt and the harm and, you know, further, further. So that th- this is so scary because you don't know what she's going to do. Like, right. there's an unhinged thing that was not clear in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's. I don't know. Like it's uh, she she uses something else rather than violence to make mm-hmm. her point, and right. and I I was so smart, and and then I was grateful just because the violence wouldn't necessarily work for me. Right, right. No, I I think that's um, I it may and maybe this gets into the question of how the movie you know, performed versus your expectations. And uh, you see, I think you're, I think you're getting at that idea that it is not the movie. I'm hearing you say it's not the movie you feared it would be. Is that safe to say? I I had completely the same experience as I, as I put it on last night and thought, okay, I'm going to watch half of it today and half of it tomorrow because I'm going to like space this out because it's going to be a lot. And then the first scene comes out, Oh, that was almost a lot, but it wasn't. And I'm, and then the next scene, I'm like, oh, this may be the movie. Oh, and then I'm sitting forward and forward and forward as I'm watching. And I end up watching almost all of it yesterday. And then I it was just too late. I had to finish the day. But I was so impressed. And I think you're right. There is all uh, uh, evidence shows, <laughs> the preponderance of the evidence shows that had there been men behind the conceiving of this movie, it likely would have been very different in all kinds of ways, Um, but most importantly, in the approach to the story. Um, And I think that that, uh, uh, you know, um, you come at me, Internet, but I think that that's I think I can I think we can prove that looking at other movies that deal with this topic that are made by that are made by men. Um, And, you know, you there there are probably women who would make a more revenge, you know, and there are people that is very satisfying. And I don't I'm not trying to diminish that as an audience for movies. Um, sure. and, and I understand the catharsis of that um, for folks. That's just not me. Yeah. And so because it is you and I doing this podcast. Right. Well, and it has been done. Movie. Yeah, true. That has I, been done. I think this is a different. I do too. This is a different chapter in that book mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hopefully opens a different set of conversations. My other fear other than violence was that it was going to be somehow a false reporting conspiracy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, that just comes from the work and that the minute I say what I do, most people immediately bring up false reporting because that's really? what you're trained to do. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Um, because that's what well, it's so much more comforting <laughs> to, to believe a fiction of false reporting. It is. It is. And my, right? my response mean, always is not to make the person feel like they're wrong, is to say, 
wow, you know, I, I understand that question because of the way things are framed. Here is my response, which is statistics, good evidence shows us that it is the same statistically false reporting this to other crimes between five and eight percent. So if I've talked to a hundred people and five of them have lied to me, here's what I don't care. Right. Because I'm going to give everyone what I'm going to give the 95%. So day to day, I'm not losing sleep over false reporting people. Right. And then I try to give them something else that they could cling on to for the next conversation. Right. So (laughs) I was also really worried about the, like the false reporting vindictive bitch kind of thing. And there is some of like the characters react. It it addresses it. Yeah. And you probably would. Um, I think there's a difference between having a conversation in the film and having like the story of the film be that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so let me ask you this then. Um, so, and let's save Carrie Mulligan for a little bit because I we want to spend some time on her. But were there other um, actors that you uh, that, that stood out uh, particularly for you in, in watching the movie? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, Connie Britton is in one oh, scene. Yes. <laughs> for me, her as the dean, amazing because spoiler alert for Friday Night Lights. When she ends on Friday Night Lights, she like goes into academics in a right. Student services Big way. administration way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that fit right in. The way that those two actors approached that scene yeah. made me empathize with both of them almost equally. Interesting. By by one point, right? And so yep. Carrie Mulligan's character, Cassie, has um Kidnapped. I don't know if that's the right word, but yes, if you move someone from one place to another, it's technically kidnapping. Um, And like stashed her at a diner waiting for her favorite band to come or whatever. But tells the dean. The daughter, Connie Britton's daughter. Connie Britton's daughter. Connie Britton's the dean of this medical school that she's in the dorm room of that, that Nina was assaulted in seven years ago with a bunch of guys and a bunch of alcohol and whatever. Right. Um, Right. And, and she has her cell phone. I mean, so this is like, there's proof of something has happened. And so right. Connie Britton is immediately like af- afraid, like suddenly this meeting is very different, like than you thought and just right. want to know if her daughter is safe, right. which is proving Carrie Mulligan's point. And also though, I, I just think they, they did that beautifully. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I Connie Britton was just so, Connie Britton and I get her perspective. Well, I don't. She she should have done better. Yeah. Connie Britton. Um, you know, she she defaults to boys will be boys. And right. that's and that is not okay. So she says she, she says a lot what she says, what am I gonna do? Destroy like destroy, destroy a young destroy man's a, life. A young man's life over an accusation. Yeah. So she 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 does that line does come out of her mouth yes. in, a, in an earnest way. So she needed a reckoning of some kind. Um right. <laughs> But in that moment where she doesn't know, like, the safety of her child, I, she plays that so beautifully that I sort of a little bit, despite myself, was also, also I wasn't quite sure, right, for a couple of minutes where the daughter was. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so I was worried because that's with the, the unhinged part of it all. I think for me it was at the um, – I don't know if it's the first time you see the notebook with things on it, but um, 
when you see the on the wall the the picture frame with Nina and she says goodnight to Nina, that's yeah. when I was like, oh, ooky, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is something larger going on here, right? Um, and so I didn't know, yeah, if and when it would turn violent. Um, so yeah, Connie Britton was amazing for me. What about you? Who do you point to? Um, I I guess I would say, where, gosh, where to go next? Um. I think this is one of Alison Brie's best performances. Um, Alison Brie is an actor who I really, really like. And I've liked her in, I mean, everything from Mad Men to Glow to, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't watch Community to the degree that that uh, some did. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, that's not my main association uh, with her. Um, but I think that she, she can play, she played so many colors in this role um uh and so many layers that then get removed Uh, you know you you see in in her two scenes um you see her kind of stripped down to some something essential um which seems to be what cassie is trying to do um Right. That everybody, every, everybody's safe behind all these barriers they put up. The statistics, the boys will be boys, the uh, um, what? Uh, uh, illusion of a, a, a fair and safe world. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. 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 If exactly. I don't do X, Y, Z. QRS won't happen to me. Exactly. Just not the truth or the case. And I'm not right. going to go into all the statistics of that because I've done enough. But um, right. But yeah, I mean, she's very much of the. Well, I've done what I, I, I did. Check the box. Do, do, yeah. do, do, do. Um, yep. yep. And so, yeah, for Carrie Mulligan, for um, Cassie to really hold up that mirror of like, this can happen to anyone, anyone right. at right. any time, which right. is a scary way to phrase it. I don't mean to phrase it that way, <laughs> but, um, but no one is immune. Right. Um, and, the, right. and there's no, um, there's no profile that. Right that keeps one out of harm's way, right? There's, right. No, there's no particular no status, identity. no privilege, no identity no privilege that, that keeps one safe um, in this sense. That being said, there are of course identities that um, where vulnerability is impacted. And so, right. you know, again, right. Not gonna, there's lots, there's lots, lots. there's lots. lots. Um, but you see a character who believes that her status, her identity, her self-conception, her, her you know, um, class, her rate, and, everything sort and of would, age, would, probably an age would not allow, would not, would make her immune is, I think is, a, was a great way to put it. Um, and so I thought she was just pitch perfect, uh, um, in, in the movie and, um, was really, really cool to see, to see that happen to her. I don't mean to say that way, but I mean, to, to see an actor get to sort of play that range in, in such a short, um, uh, you know, few number of scenes. Um, who else for you? Who else is on, I is mean, on the list? I, I, would, uh, I would agree. I assume you agreed about Connie Britton. I agree oh, about yeah, yeah. Yeah, agree. Totally. Yeah. Yep. And then the part, and this is where I'm outside of the movie a little bit also, yeah. but like Alison Brie's character, Madison, like brings the inevitability of what everything else that happens. Cause we've turned mm-hmm. at that point in the movie, when she comes up for that second scene, we've turned a corner a little bit and Cassie trusts Ryan um, yep. and is pursuing that relationship and has stopped doing Put, the individual vigilante stuff right. that she stop, was doing. Stop stalking. Yep. 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 And has 
seems to be actively trying to to put closure on it and move away and then she gets the right. video from yep. Madison right. and that and again we don't see it which I cannot yeah. applaud loud enough to so Emerald Fennel Fennel I think it's Fennel Fennel um because we didn't need to see it all we had to see was her face and even even if she was just listening to it I think the face could have been the same but mm-hmm but it just brings everything back, including the rage. And then to hear Ryan's voice was just like, Oh, never mind folks. (laughs) We're we're doing this another way. (laughs) Right. 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 And I, and I think that that, um, uh, I, I, again, I agree. I applaud that, that choice to no end. It's just the movie so doesn't need it. Um, uh, we I talk about this in class a lot. I have a lot of students who make scary stuff mm-hmm. um, in class and and uh, point to examples, um, not uh, not unproblematic examples like Silence of the Lambs, um, which often will not show will show someone looking at the picture of the evidence of the violence as opposed to actually seeing the violence taking place or or the, or seeing the picture ourselves, and that that is so much more impactful there's something so two things one because we talked earlier about the um putting it on screen glorifies it one way or another you can't help it it's immortalized in this way on screen Um, second thing is that the impact is going to be lessened after you have seen it so you watch the movie again and you see the in this case you would have seen the video of the assault again and you would You'd be oh, I know what's coming. I've seen this before. The way the way that any uh, jokes aren't quite as funny the second the, the next I, time, or, like or gore scares. isn't quite right, or or right jump scares exactly. Um, whereas if you do not show, you show the person reacting to it in some way. Your imagination will a always be worse than probably than what they could show you, and b always be fresh. Mm. Because you you will not be you will not imagine it the exact same way the next time you see it. Um, so it's just such as you know it's one of those, those choices that happen. You're like this is so obvious <laughs> that they do it this way, but so it's, it's, but it wasn't it's, obvious, you know. It's not only tasteful, but it's like sm- a smarter way to do it effective. from a it's more effective a more effective way to do it from a writing directing standpoint. <laughs> Sheer filmmaking point of view, it is the most effective way, I think, to do that, in addition to being right in all these other ways yeah, that we're oh, talking about. Cool. Thank you. I hadn't thought about it in that way. I um I was more just naively like, I don't want I don't I don't need again, I have right. all the stories in my head. I don't need any more, especially ones that are made up, because it's like right. you're gonna make up details. Right, right. Like right. there's a weirdness to that to me too Um, and the same thing is by not not ever seeing Nina in a flashback we don't have you know we see the the picture the photos of her we see the law or the the heart necklace but we never was never a flashback of them together you know so you she really is gone from the movie and I think that that's also a smart choice in the same way I was going to ask you about that so I'm going to ask you about that now because we don't have a Nina performance to point to right was that effective for you? Was Nina missing? What, from a filmmaking standpoint, can you walk me through, like, hypothetical decision making around that? Well, the the only thing I would say is that is the same kind of thing with the with the the video. What struck me about it was, by not having the, the flashback, it makes her anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very particular to Cassie, and to 
Nina's mom and to Cassie's parents. I mean, the people that knew her, but she was not quote unquote memorable to the people who assaulted her or who, or who didn't um, uh, protect her or stand up for her afterwards or what, you know, the Connie Britons of the world. Um, and so, and, and because she is her, her absence is what is the emotional kick for, you know, the, 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 the engine for, for Cassie by, not having her in the movie, you get both that absence is so is so aching, and then B, it could be anybody, um, uh, by by not nailing it down to an actor and a performance and a voice and a look and a clothes and all that stuff. Um, and so I think that that was, uh, you know, you don't even see photos of them as adults, grownups. It's only as kids, so you don't have a reference for what she looked like in that video, right. you know. Um, and I think that that's I, again, I think that was uh, from a directing point of view, a super super smart choice. That's the technical term, yeah. a super smart choice. That's great. That hit me a little bit of like she's anonymous because to those people involved, that's how much she mattered. Whew, right. That's tough, and, right. and emphasizes how much. Just how infuriating that is to Cassie, for whom right. she was the world. Right, right, right. And and Cassie is bringing that up when people say, you know, I, I didn't even. Oh, so you don't remember? Like um, she's always there on it, you know, as she's getting them trying to get these people to see what they have done, and and how what they're continuing to do by yeah. being able to forget it, yeah. right? By being able to sort of move on. I, I do. There is part of me that would love a sequel or a uh -huh. version or something where where it shows someone working through that uh -huh. Uh -huh. to get to the other side in a different way, <laughs> right? Um, based on on you mean through you mean Cassie the way what Cassie's doing, but you doing using doing it a different way, yeah, yeah, getting, because that's I mean. It's a very understandable anchor in yeah. addition to like what happened. So just taking it back to when anyone who's close to you is gone. Yeah. Right. Other people don't understand because it's not their relationship, like the magnitude of that right. loss to right. be able to figure out how to operate in the world in a new way. Right. right. Well, and what the, what's what the movie does an interesting thing in giving us the mom giving us Nina's mom, Molly Shannon's character in a scene that to me felt cut down. Like I, I need, I, I wanted more uh, from that. And maybe cause Cassie wanted more in that moment, but yeah. Nina's mom just couldn't give it that to her anymore. Like needed her, needed, needed her to move on. She's in a different place. Like I think, I think right. you're right. And she is exemplifying what it might look like to absolutely like, no one's going to question how much she cared or how hard that was. Right. Right. But her everyday being about it was not sustainable. Right, right, right. And same with her parents, you know, who say – with Cassie's parents who say, we we love Nina, you know, or we miss Nina and we're so glad to have you back. I mean that just cracked me open, that, that bit. And then the Alfred Molina character, the lawyer who – you know, Al's lawyer. Yeah, the who, one person you know, who sort of passed her test – yeah, who she finds like he's there ready, doesn't even know who it's going to be just going to come for him, who feels such remorse and guilt over the things he's done. It has he's had a psychotic break, he says, right? Like he he's 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 well, he's he broken. But other well, people right. say 
Yeah, the psychotic. He, descri- right? he describes it as right, exactly, yeah. exactly, right, right. Speaking of it being about perspective, that's such a good point. Um, but that that he is the one character who had a hand in what happened, a negative hand in what yeah. happened. Who feel who do, who has not forgotten. He remembers her name. Yeah. But he he's having to think through all the other people that he did that to. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's the weight of all of them. But I, I, I thought that was such a smart, cool scene. It's such a such a smart scene to have in the movie as as a test for for Cassie. Like, what does she do when faced with someone? She's so used to people having no remorse whatsoever yeah. to not remembering the name that. So thinking about what were you doing when you're writing the movie, putting her in increasingly difficult positions. What does she do when she comes across somebody who's broken by what they have done? And so I thought that was a smart thing to do for the movie. What'd you think of that, of that scene of that, of that subplot? Yeah, I, I agree. Better than you say, um, I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be a, a continuing chain of like escalating confrontations. And right, so that right. was a nice subversion of expectations. And another, I think they say too, at some point in the movie, like, you know, we're not defined by one thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And so to see someone who was on the wrong side and can right. like explain the tactics of being on the wrong side of things, um, sh- showing his humanity and his understanding of humanity and like the rules that he broke. Um, I think that is s- super powerful. Um, and and what a great also moment to see Cassie, like you say, um, you know, respond to that. And and that he, he's left sort of, in a sense, he's left unscathed by her, because but uh, because of his own remorse. Right. Like it's you know however many times worse. And also we don't know how many times that has happened, or how many folks have come right. back to him to say, "When right. are you done?" Or, or people right. he's looked up or whatever. I think the one thing <laughs> that I would point to to be like, here is something I was distracted by. Um, yeah, tell me. That two best friends from childhood were in the same medical school at uh-huh. the same time. Uh-huh. The likelihood of that is is pretty <laughs> Very small, <low. laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know a lot. I know that it's not uncommon for folks to apply multiple times. Right. Um, and things like that, or yeah, just that. So that's my one, that's my one coincident thing that like, I mean, yeah. I'm sure it does happen. I just likelihood stuff. Yeah, um, it, it, do, it does. It does. It did feel very convenient mm-hmm. to the movie. I, I, I would point to a Madison giving her the video that feels a little, I'm like, what, why is she doing this? Like, right. you know, and if is it, it, around, how did it not break seven years ago? In 2013, when, you know, that could have happened. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, that's it. Or, or how is every, how is um, Al shocked when there's a video? Like he seems there's a video. He says we don't know who took the video. Well, presumably well, Ryan, did. right? Joe oh, Joe no, took no, that's right. Yeah. He's the Joe, Joe Ryan is there talking to him. Yeah, yeah. Joe took it. Yeah, uh, that's right. Because she says she says your buddy Joe took it. But if they passed it all around and laughed at it, then would would he have? I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. So some of that stuff, I. But no, okay. I'm else, with it. <laughs> yeah, that I then that's when I'm like, yeah, it's a movie. Um, 
which I feel like other people say to me a lot. So I guess it's my turn to say it. Um, I think uh, I was delighted to see Liver and Cox. Yeah. In this yeah. Role. I haven't um, I haven't seen her in a minute, but also there's been a pandemic, so I'm not sure. I there are aspects and plot lines and what have you in Orange is the New Black that I love, but I'll be mm-hmm. honest that I did not finish the series. Um, I saw, I read about some of the choices that were made and also thought, okay, I don't, I don't need to don't see need that. To. Yeah. And not, I don't need to, I want to honor the, the story, but I consumed it by reading about it rather than watching it. it. So yeah. in a subversive comedy thriller, was a new way to see her and mm-hmm. what a great um i mean truly cassie's only friend really not that yeah, either really. of them would admit that probably right especially cassie yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and so yeah. my question with that is did did cassie leave her necklace there for her i think so i, I think sure that if that, that if the Bachelor Party had gone the way that Cassie had planned originally, you know, intended. Yeah. If she if she had not died, right? Um, I'm sure she would have slipped that back in her. Yeah, so it, it was <laughs> you part know, of the that's my guess. Of it all. I, I think so. I think it was her her will. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. her give leaving her heart to her best friend, the way that Nina's was left to her. You know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Carrie Mulligan and Carrie Cassie Mulligan. because Cassie dies, folks. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Ooh. Spoiler alert. Long, drawn out. I'm going to be honest. I, I had to. I did too. I did too. I, I tapped the 10 seconds ahead as I went through it. Um, so I know it's long because I had to tap it a bunch of times. I read in the um, like parental guide that it was extended. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't so think what, I it, it was so – I did not read it. I did not know she was going to oh, okay. die. And it was so deeply upsetting to me that she died. So – so deeply upsetting. And I had the thought of that's where I, because th- I, people have, have been arguing online about the ending of the movie oh. without giving it away. Not, and I've not read the the reviews, but, but for critics who I really admire are, are down on the movie because of the ending. Um, and so I assumed when she, so when she died, I thought, Oh yeah, this is what they're talking about. Like, is it the movie that has been navigating this thing? And like, it needs to make the point that, you know, that there is no way out of this so profoundly that she's going to die. Oh God. And no accountability for anybody else. I'm like, that just was, I would have been like crushed. I think by that I would have, it would have really, you know, changed my view of the movie, I think. Um, So that she had subsequent plans um, if it didn't work out the way she intended um, was, I thought was, Great. And, and, and it's satisfying. It was satisfying to me, not in the way of like a traditional revenge, like I feel good that they're going. It's just like she accomplished a thing. Right. Yeah. No, I could relax when I the- could relax. Yeah. yeah. I could rest. She could rest. She had she had done a thing. Yeah. Um, and I and I do I wish she had lived. Yes. 
<laughs> I do. Yeah. I wish not, I wish the thing hadn't happened to Nina. I wish there was a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but I think given the given the twists and turns of the movie, um, and and the world that it is creating, it was. I think it. it the ending was very effective for me. Yeah. How did it? How did the ending work for you? I mean, the, after you fast forwarded through her her death scene. Gosh. So to be clear, I didn't look it up before the movie, but as I was watching the movie, I scanned the violence. Ah, yeah. Um, thing on parental. So I knew that that happened to someone, but it didn't say to who. But that, oh, it didn't say it was to her. Oh, okay, okay. So that was, I wasn't sure because I, I also when when um, she had him handcuffed to the bed. I thought she was going to suffocate him, honestly. And then oh, okay. leave. Um. So I mean, of course, I was gutted, and it was shocking. And then, like the way it unfolded with Al like staying there all night, not knowing what to do. Um, which honestly to me is kind of a callback to the way that we treat folks who have um, been affected by violence, sexual violence in particular of like, well, why didn't you X, Y, Z? Why didn't uh -huh. you leave? Uh -huh. Why didn't you go get help? Why didn't you just sat there kind of thing? Right. And right. That's interesting. I hadn't put that know together. That our brains do a lot to protect us. And one of the things is like shutting down right. and not being able to. Um, Isn't it fight, flight or freeze? Isn't that the. Mm -hmm. And fight, yeah. flight or freeze indeed. And do you know the most important indicator for what you will do no tell me it's not training it's okay. not self-defense it's not whatever else it's what your body was doing when it started wow right wow so to yeah, anyone yeah. who has not reacted to something the way that they thought they would it's right. your brain protecting you it's your right, brain right 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 in this moment this is how i will survive Right. I'm taking over. <laughs> right. Yes. Like there's a yeah. Yes. Wow. And so okay. if you are are if you are already on a jog, yes, you might keep, You're gonna running, keep running. Or you might fight back. If you are right. you know, on a couch lounging. Pass out. <laughs> right. Yeah, all those things. So so right, there was right. a little bit of a callback to me of That's that like why is he still there? But that that he was very upset. I mean, I was glad that he was upset. Uh, yeah. You're glad he feels so that he's not a sociopath. Yeah. Except yeah. that he and Joe are because they burned her body. Well, they kill him. I mean, they kill, I mean, they, they burn her body, but it's, it's not a, it's, it's not a, he's not without, I don't think he's without empathy. True. True. No, that, that's not, it was not premeditated, nor was it fun, but they were both capable of doing it capable, and moving right. on with their day. Right. Right. And um, I did not question that they would be capable of doing it. Mm. Like that those two are the ones If Joe took the video, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like there is a, the, the, the movie has led us to a place where I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They, they would do this to get out of this. They, and they would think they might get away with it yeah. and they might get away with it. You know, my hope for the world of the movie is that she also left something for her parents. Cause that's who I really felt bad for. Yeah. 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 Because they understood, but they didn't in terms of like what she was doing and all that. And yep. I kind of think if her mom like really knew what all she accomplished, she would. Yes. Kind of yeah. It. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. And, and yes, that's so true. I had, I had not put that together, but I completely agree. A note, uh, uh, whatever, leave, leave her the note, the notebook with an explanation for. Yes. That's so in why, my mind, that's what she did. Right. I like that. You I don't like that. Yeah. All the 
things she put in motion because they don't right. need to. Right, right, um, right. Carrie Mulligan. Holy Carrie Mulligan. Crap. I think, sorry, I'm stuffy. So good. Yeah. And the, like, the voice. The voice work I wrote down. That's my. People talking about the voice. Not, I've not read the reviews because I haven't wanted to. Oh, gotcha. So I don't know. I don't know. Because it, you talked about something else earlier being like boiled down to essential. Mm-hmm. I feel like all the everything else that like impacts personality and choices and all that was like whittled away. And that was mm-hmm. like that was her inside inside voice. <laughs> yes, right, right. And that was kind right. of all she had left. And it it shifted a little bit with Ryan. But it mm-hmm. changed picture. Like, I don't know. It was, I was fascinated. And then the minute she was back, like, yeah. you know, yeah. he puts away the revenge and is trying to move forward and then gets the video. And the next thing you see is her at, coming to see Ryan at the hospital saying, we That's need to office, talk right yeah. now. Right. And like, to me, there was a little bit of like, oh, she's back. I mean, I didn't, I wanted her to have peace in another <laughs> way, but no right. movie I was in, it was like, Right, <laughs> and that she's just again another to compare it back to Nomadland, our other mm-hmm. film. The boundaries <laughs> of it all. If she was just like, yeah. "Nope, we're done." Yeah, and that was I, I. I wanted to ask you about that because so the lawyer showed remorse, and she accepted his apology. Right. Ryan says, "Forgive me. You have to forgive me." And and I was listening very closely to hear his reaction in the video. Mm-hmm. He laughs a little bit, but it, it seems like nervous laughter. And he's mm-hmm. saying, like, this is crazy. This is intense. This is, you know, whatever. So it's I feel like they just rode that line of like, yeah. how complicit is he? Did mm-hmm. he truly not remember? Would it have been mm-hmm. different if in their courtship he had said now that you know, now that we're hanging out, I I right. remember that this happened at least. Like, would right. that have changed it? And right. did you want her to forgive him or not? Wow. So I'll start with the end. I did not want her to forgive him. Um, and it's hard because uh, because I have I've liked me some Bo Burnham. Yeah, he's as hell. And you know, and so and and you know, I. You know, the part of me identifies with him as a character early on in the movie. He's trying. He seems to be, you know, and he's but he's also like not going to, you know, like she has to win him back at a certain point when when. So I, I'm I'm the movie does such a great job of for me anyway, of sort of putting us in a place where if she had forgiven him but not stayed with him i would have been i i could buy that i that would be yeah I, that could have been in the language of the movie i would have i would have believed i'm glad that she didn't i mean there is an element of the movie that it is a revenge fantasy movie to some degree and that there she has a superpower and it has to do with her voice i mean i think that is part of it like that's like batman's costume is back on you know and she it's this laconic low 
I mean, I love a low, vo- low voice. You, anyway. love you know that. But I didn't but know like, that was. I didn't know she had that before, right? No, no, and that and it has this like the letter, like it's almost like each letter was so lazy it didn't quite like it mushed into the next letter. Like it's just such a great. I just was so impressed with that. Um, uh, and 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 so um, I wanted. I did not want her to forgive him. I'm glad that she didn't. Um, I I think that his him saying you have to forgive, you need to forgive me, or have to forgive me, whatever he says, is felt like him trying to weasel out of it. His not like remorse. It didn't feel like remorse. It felt like he was still saying, but I I didn't. I mean, wasn't uh, uh, you know? It's still kids thing, which I'm glad <laughs> a couple times. Cassie said exactly what I was thinking, which I love. Like, one more person says that. Yeah. So I had that. I have that problem working on campuses where I will call students kids and I shouldn't because mm. the majority of our students are adults. Um, right. And these are med students. So med it's students, like, yeah. Yeah. not even undergrad, like figuring out, you know, the world. I, I understand it's, um, very smart, very driven, um, very intense humans that are successful in that environment. And so like work hard, play hard. I understand, you know, that how that environment could be built. Um, but like not kids, they're right. five, like, right. Wah! Well, and, and not only that, but they're, um, they're, you know, the choice of medical school is so, Great, because not only does it give you the status and the privilege and the intensity that you're talking about and the and the age that makes them not kids but feel like they were kids because it's like it is continuing education, right? They're still in school. So there's a there's an infantilization as well as the ground thing. But also like their job is to help people. Like fundamentally medicine is about healing people. And so the fact that this is happening in that environment by people who are training to help people Once or is, twice is a week says the dean is like yeah exactly exactly uh is is you know galling but a perfect i think a perfect choice for the movie which is trying to sort of point to the hypocrisy of a lot of our expectations about when and how and where and to whom this kind of violence occurs um uh and so i, I think that was such a um uh, such a wise move i have a, i have a question for you um, oh. in, so I want to get in a little bit to like how it was shot and things, because I feel like this movie was also delicious in the way it was framed, like mm-hmm. physically framed. Um, so hopefully this will lead us that way. But, um, as she, you see, um, Cassie arrive in like the driveway of, of this cabin, cabin in the woods, different movie. <laughs> Um, and slowly walk up in this nurse costume that you're right is very Harley Quinn kind of um, uh, wink wink and there's an instrumental there's a a string a string instrumental song that's playing do you know what that song is? no it's Britney Spears Toxic oh because don't they they sing a Britney Spears song in the pharmacy? Uh, there's a well. There's a Spice Girls song at the beginning. Oh, Spice is they're they're, oh, they're no, singing us. What's the song in the pharmacy? Oh, I don't remember. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm looking it up. But there's a lot of there's a lot of like what is this the 90s? 
Oh, it's the Paris Hilton song. Oh. The stars are blind. Oh, yeah. there you go. Um, okay. I don't know. There's, I Sorry, go, go ahead. The music was used very, like, there's, <laughs> we're talking about people who, two young women who grew up together. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of, like, nostalgic callback music for, for me in that. And then that was just perfect because it's, it's strings, it's instrumental, but it's toxic. Like, I just thought that was brilliant um, as a choice. Also, the visual of her, like, all in white walking up. Gorgeous. All the yeah. scenes of her sitting on giant couches mm. and, and framed mm-hmm. by, arc, like, framed by furniture or things on the wall or, mm-hmm. like, uh, it was gorgeous. As much yeah. as the yeah. parents' house you know, as, as um, Alison Bree's character looks around, like, where do you live? Like, you know, yeah. nothing has been updated, really. Um, the chandeliers everywhere. Oh, my gosh, chandeliers everywhere. Uh, but, yeah, I just, to look at, I was like, I wrote down, this is a gorgeous movie to look at. Tobin, question mark? Um, so I'm just interested in your, what stood out to you in terms of how um, Emerald had it shot? Yeah, the um I noticed the same thing you did about the framing. Uh, there's a scene where when she and um uh, the Bo and Ryan the Bo Burnham character um finally kiss when they reconcile. The, and there's that there's that um there's like a blue square with a frame that's not attached to it behind them on the wall. It's a very architectural thing and it it almost abstracts the location because it could be anywhere. And there's a, uh, you know, in the pharmacy when they're, when they are singing the Paris Hilton song, um, the, the sign, there's a neon sign in the pharmacy above the pharmacist in bright red letters, pharmacy. And so it adds this unnatural reddish glow. Like they're on a stage in this place. There, there's a lot, there's a lot of stylization in the um, mise-en-scene as we, <laughs> as we say, uh, in the sets and the costumes in the movie and the color and use of color um, in a way that I think it, it, having now finished it, I've read some of the negative-ish reviews oh. just to sort of see what the criticisms are. Um, and a lot of it seems to have to do with people reading it as wanting to be a fairy tale. Um, which in some ways I, I suppose I can, I can see for me, it read more as she has had to, she's the, if the movie's about a woman who is trying to find a way to write the past and is living in some kind of un, you use the word unhinged. There's some kind of like the system's not working. So she's, she's, she's retreated somehow and abstracted her world. She's back to living at home. She forgot it's her birthday. Like they give her a suitcase, you know, to we're like all this, all, all this stuff, uh, you know, and, and her, and she, she, um, it's her 30th birthday, but she dresses young, um, you know, shirts with flowers on it. And she's got the hair in the thing. And like, you get, I, I get the sense of like, not that she's trying to be younger, but that there is a retreating or a or a holding on to a more innocent, mm-hmm. a younger time. Like that, that, when she was happy with Nina, and the world right. wasn't. She wasn't aware what a messed up place the world was in some way. Which and yeah, go ahead. so I, I agree. There's a retreat kind of thing, and just a stop in time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, of that yeah. she hasn't wanted to buy anything new she hasn't right right that's so a great i love that everything yeah. is what was left in her parents house when she conceivably right. moved out the first time 
Right. That's a great idea. Like her costumes. Costumes. Right. Right. That's where it's different. And she does different things with makeup and hair. Um, I don't know because I don't know how what all you've read, but like she's watching a makeup tutorial and that's Emerald Fennel. Like that's yeah, yeah. That's her little cameo. Her her I only knew it because I blowjob lips tutorial. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but uh which then she just smears that's just that oh it's so scary I, I, it's so scary and that's the, the point in the movie where i don't know if she's killing these guys right. like right what are the what then, do the tick marks mean and what do the colors mean what do the colors mean yeah yeah and there's so many of them <laughs> so many of them um uh but they, they have that kind of avenging angel like she's putting on her 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 batman costume yeah. to go into the night to to you know right the wrongs of the world in some way um uh and that sort of that sort of i i just think she's so i know we've moved on from caramel again but well, she's so back. good let's come back um have you seen the um uh there's a british crime series called collateral that she's the lead of it's on netflix or at least it was it was a bbc show um and she's like a it's like a you know it's like a six episode bbc you know london crime thing and she's a detective she's like the detective in the movie um and it's and it's a much different performance it's much more withheld you know british you know like uh, and and older she seems older you know even though it was made a couple of amazing i feel like that way in terms of if you told me she was 25 you told me she was 40 i believe you yeah yeah exactly um uh anyway she there she had so many great great performances um that's one that's always stuck out to me because i don't think people talk about it a lot and i just think she's remarkable in that um Mm -hmm. showing uh in in many ways a a side that i had not seen before um uh, and it feels like you know a lot of british actors have to move through their British crime procedural BBC show at some point. Um, and I just thought that hers was, uh, was particularly good. Um, I, I just want a quick shout out to um, never let me go. Oh yeah. From 2010 was the first time I was aware of her and God, she was so, she was so good. Ah, she was so good in that. Anyway. So good. She's so good. Um, her first screen credit is the Joe Wright Pride and Prejudice from 2005 with um, uh, Keira Knightley, which is a movie I adore. Which is also <laughs> so in Never Let Me Go. So, Right, right. Exactly. Right. With Andrew, isn't Andrew Garfield in that movie too? Uh, yeah. What, what a, a lot wild, of, uh, wild thing. Before they were, I don't know. Yeah, um, uh, her movie, uh, her movie, and education is it's one of the best scripts of that year or many other years, um, and a wonderful movie, I think. Anyway, I I could go on, uh, uh, I won't, I'll I'll leave it there. Um, but I I do think she's um, perfectly cast in the movie. There was some a journalist got into a re- film reviewer got into some controversy because he thought it was he he didn't phrase it the best but also maybe it was a bad thing uh, but he talked about her not it he made a comment about her looks yeah. and i think what he was saying was she's not the kind of person you would expect to be in this movie yeah uh that you they you know when you see margot robbie i think what he's saying is that when you see margot robbie as the producer why is she not the star of the movie um uh and it's like oh <laughs> like yeah bro you don't get it and no. i think I noticed um, – I looked at her face a couple times as well, thinking mm-hmm. about 
age and life and this and that. And, and again, I thought it was kind of like the voice. I, I feel like she's such, um, she is such a talented actor that what she does on the inside translates on the outside. And I think her mm-hmm. character is done. You know, sometimes as I'm trying to fall asleep, I have to tell myself to stop smiling because even as I'm uh, trying to rest, my face is still doing something like for the world because we're on Zoom all day and all that. <laughs> yes, totally, totally, and totally. I feel like her, like Cassie's face has no more shits to give. And so yeah, there's yeah. kind of a drawn down kind of nature to it that I noticed yep. when she's herself versus when she's right. all made up. Um, and I did not attribute it to age or hotness so much right. as to the character and where the character is and who the character cares about, which is like mm-hmm. none y'all. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, I think that the, the, uh, some people who I, I, critics I admire, you know, jumped to his defense to say, you should be able to talk about a, a, how attractive an actor is. And I, and I, and I, I understand that as a, as a review, a reviewing tactic or whatever. Um, however, I think when you're talking about it, y- you know, I think, I think it's important to really think about what you're saying and be very clear about what you're talking about. Yeah, and because how it relates to the movie. How it relates to the movie. You know, I, I just read Sharon Stone's autobiography. Oh, did and you? I, I, I said, I've been saying, I sent Isla a whole bunch of screenshots of, of key moments. Um, but one of the things that she, that she remarks on a time or two in that is, um, in the time in, in Hollywood in which she was a big star in the nineties. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know that this has changed a ton is there was a very, that the, the word uh, fuckable um, and fuckability oh, was uh, very commonly thrown around as that people were casting movies. Um, and um, I think that knowing that that is so deeply embedded in the film culture, that when you play fast and loose with talking about people's looks, mm-hmm. you're, you're feeding into a, way of thinking about and approaching movies that is bad and a way of approaching Uh, people that is bad and a way of approaching people is bad all that said i think she's a beautiful woman i mean you know like in addition to everything else it's like what what the are you talking about but as you say she her, her she's a very malleable actor and so the face is as much an instrument as the voice and i just She's too good in this movie to knock her for any any fat stuff. I just don't. I don't. I do not get it. Yeah, I, I do not I get agree. it. Agree. Masterclass. So anyway, sorry. I, I, I tangented us on that, um, but I I like this movie so much more than I thought I would. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Tobin. Iceland. Would you like to play a game? Always. Okay. Even better, this is not a game about sexual violence. Oh, I didn't think it would be, but okay, good, good. I mean, sometimes I throw morals into the game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. This, trying to get my video of you back. There you are. Um, This game is called... It has uh, three words, but lots of punctuation. So it's called okay. radical in quotes, feminist in parentheses, reframe. 
Because <laughs> okay. um, when I, I watched um, just a, a, a couple of clips with Emerald and Carrie Mulligan um, mm-hmm. in, in press stuff, um, but mm-hmm. I specifically didn't watch like ours. So I watched like Canadian ET and like oh, something funny. else. Okay. Sort of just, I just, wanted, I just wanted a little taste. Yeah. Of, like what they had to say when they were talking about this movie. Yeah. And so, um, one of the things, so Emerald said two things to me that, that I really um, resonated was looking at like comedies specifically, mm-hmm. but of, of movies where part of the plot is like going to a bar and taking a girl home and whatever. Cause there's a ton of that in comedies. Yeah, yeah. Right? The sure. thing that flew to my mind was uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is a movie I enjoy. Um, <laughs> or have enjoyed. And there's a whole like montage of him drinking in bars, picking up women, having less than fulfilling sex with them. And like, it's all played yeah. for humor. And right. Rob Fennell was saying, what, what happens to that woman from the bar the next day was part mm. of her inspiration. And not, not that mm. I'm not saying those encounters were inherently assaults in any way, but just right. when, when you're approaching that territory and not caring right. at all, Right on the protagonist twist, one, right. and then as you um, said in your two bits, that um, a, a purposeful choice of casting good guys, guys we have seen um, more or less as good. Although Adam Brody in the beginning, we know yeah. he's actually evil from Jennifer's body. So exactly, I had that same. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, and he and he plays sort of. He always plays to me as a little. Gonna go. Yeah. Until, yeah. So I, until you're in the Uber and then you're like, oh, I now I know where it's gonna go. Well, and I think it, just him as an actor, I'm always a little like, ooh, how yuppie scum are you? You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's an element of like, I don't know. So anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and so she, in this short clip, she she talked about the the what is the you know the chick from the bar, what is her story, and then um, taking these good guys to reveal them as something else, it's like right. bad guys. So yeah. I have picked a uh-huh. couple of comedies. Okay. That uh, one or both of us enjoy. Okay. And um, many of them are things we have done on this show. Okay, okay. And so if if Promising Young Woman is a radical feminist reframe of uh-huh. <laughs> the story that we are usually told, yeah. I'm going to ask you to pitch me oh, no. a reframe, but I have the movie and the character. So Okay, okay. Okay. Um, so I'd okay. like to do a couple with you. Great. Um, great. And then if there's any you don't like, we don't have to do them. Okay, okay. Um so I guess let's Let's start with one that's kind of in a similar realm to what we're talking about now. So if you recall, early on in this podcast, we did She's the Man. Yes. A a Shakespeare gender swap. No, not gender swap. Well, she pretends to be. Yes. In the movie. Yes. I knew there was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, And so the twin brother has yep. a Sebastian Sebastian thank you has a I'm using quotes I know he's got lots of finger quotes bitchy girlfriend who he doesn't tell he's leaving the country and he so he doesn't <laughs> break up with directly so if you were hired to write the reframe of her perspective what is that what is that two sentence pitch 
Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to have to do more than two sentences because I have to sort of think through it. So um, her point of view would be she's um, she's dating this guy. Who, and he leaves the country with his band, right? Isn't he off with his band or something? So, okay, so she's dating this guy who's like the this guy in this band. And at first that's kind of cool. And then he just disappears. Um, and so this is a movie about a person who's like, where'd you – like what happened? Are we a thing? Are we not a thing? Like where are you? I'm, and this is pre-cell phone. Let's remember. Um, so she's like trying to track him down, and then he shows up, right? Because she thinks that his twin sister she mistakes, yeah. right? So then it becomes um, almost a, like it's a dark thing of like, are you or are you not who I thought you were? And like there's a there's a body snatcher cool. quality to the movie then as she's trying to like figure out. It's a doppelganger story. Uh, she's trying to figure out who this person is who's coming back, who seems like her boyfriend, but also isn't. Ooh, I like that. It got mysterious. I had to take it somewhere. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That was great. Ten points. Yes. Frozen. So I am um, the a family, children, wife, children, what have you, of a diplomat from a visiting area. My husband went to Arendelle for this coronation and then was inexplicably caught in a snowstorm. Do you have a pitch for a movie from that person's perspective? It's so is this... Is this wait? So so are we pitching? It's the family of the guy who tries to kill Elsa at the end. Uh, could be, or um, uh, the oh, or just a woman, just a person whose family just happens to get caught because the because the count because the world goes snowy. Yeah, so they're there for creation yeah. and they're stuck. Okay, okay, okay. So my pitch would be Castaway in the snow. Ooh. So it's a survival story. The impossible in the snow. Yes, exactly. It's the impossible meets Castaway in the snow. Because I think they would be like sequestered somewhere. Like part of it would be like trying to get through the ice to the like, can you get food? Can you get water? Can you, it's not your you know who's gonna take you in in this place that's not technically yours. And the embassy may be far away. We're trying to get there. And maybe like you say, I like the impossible thing where like the family is split and they have to find their way back together again. And um, yeah, that's, let's do that. That's like a adventure survival tale. Cause it seems like the husband is with the other diplomats and the palace. Right. Like right. diving and stuff. I like, I like yeah. that. I like them. We're at 12 points. Like, oh. anyway. Tobin, you yeah. picked my best friend's wedding. I did. Well, no, tell, tell us what you, what you mean by I picked it because I, people I may not know. I texted you and merely said, will you give me a list, two or three of your favorite comedies, just like general favorites? Right. I believe so I chose was. my but best friend's wedding. It was one that you, when you chose. And I think Love it. we probably talked about this a little bit when we did the, when we covered that film on a previous episode. <laughs> but so what would a movie from Cameron Diaz perspective be? Oh, okay. So I think a movie from Cameron Diaz's perspective would be a similar movie. It would be a comedy with teeth. Um, uh, and I think that you, what you would do is you would keep 
Jules the villain. Um, but it would be maybe you would give um, Cameron Diaz's character a little bit more agency in the way she's figuring that out. Um, she doesn't figure it out till super late in the movie, and I feel like there would be more. It would be interesting in that version of the movie if she's like putting two and two together a little sooner in the movie, but still funny. And like maybe there's an ending of the movie where she's like, um, does not take Dermot Mulroney back at the end. I don't know. That's cool. You know, like, would you reconcile with someone who came in and did that, even if she came and apologized to you in a bathroom and you had a fight? Like, I don't know that I would. Uh, So I don't know. That's maybe. An even darker comedy. <laughs> I think, yeah, some sort of, you know, uh, gaslighting at the in the first half. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. Okay. What a good movie, though. Okay, so I have two more. Is that okay, or do you want just one more? Do I get any points for that? Oh my gosh! Yes, you get ten points for that. Yes. Yeah, bring me more. I like this. Okay. The one I picked as a um, all-time classic favorite uh, is Clue. Oh, sure. And um, the character Yvette, the maid, it's you, is her favorite line, (laughs) one of them. Um, So former call girl and perhaps accomplice, depending on which Which ending you choose. um, Mm -hmm. What... What is a movie about her from her perspective? Okay, so maybe the movie that's uh, that's hers is a miniseries and not a movie. It's I a like limited it. series. Um, and we are either through flashbacks or just in the present. She's trying to both hide her real identity from people here who might know and also then – figure out the crime and not be um uh uh uh, made the the not not be accused right yeah not go down for it right so there's like a three ring you know thing going on as she's and so i think you could keep the comedy there would be more like a knives outy quality to it um then uh and i think that would be but it would be so interesting from that from the perspective of the help quote unquote that would be fun i I have an image of her perhaps like faking her death and then walking out and like walking down the lane as the like antique cop car comes in yes 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 exactly and she would know the 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 house so much better than the people there would would so she'd know secret passageways and the yeah I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I love Clue, though. Too. I watched that movie. Yeah. 10 points. Point point. Yes. Nice. It's yes. out of 10. The win. Frozen one was so good. Um, <laughs> Bonus okay. point. And then finally, Tobin. Another comedy that you suggested and one that we've mentioned already on this program is Best in Show. <laughs> what is a movie of Jennifer Coolidge's character from Best in Show who we meet as a, um, the owner of an award-winning poodle, um, a young woman married to a very old man in a wheelchair um, who then, pardon me, um, seems to have an affair with the dog handler. <laughs> what is that movie? I think there might be a movie there where she is not nearly as out of it as the character seems, where maybe that is a performance of some kind, um, both for him and for the rest of the world. And that behind the scenes, she is just – she is – 
um, maybe maybe there was a thing where in the past she was taken advantage of somewhere in the past, and is it's a it's a Count of Monte Cristo story where she was taken advantage of by him in the past somehow, and has come back as a totally different kind of yes. made up person, like her family, and, like in a business deal. Yes, he screwed yes, over totally. her family. Right, and so right. Now and her parents died destitute after serving the him his empire for years, and so this is a slow, an act of slow revenge. I don't think he's in a wheelchair purely by happenstance or age. I think there is some, and I think on his deathbed, uh, when everything is finally hers, um, she will be, she will let him know what really happened. Oh, see, I love that one too. Twelve points for that one. <laughs> I love a slow revenge. Oh, wait, you got 54 <laughs> points out of 50. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. That's maybe my best performance ever on one of your games. Thank you very much. I, I love um, hitting you with a creative thought experiment because you're so good at it. And so thank you for oh, um, being on the spot with me. That was a great one. I was worried, but I that was super fun. I was worried, too. <laughs> <laughs> I started with a game of like, how bad is the world? <laughs> and then I pivoted. Isla, now is the time in a podcast where we give our closing thoughts and decide whether this movie is progressive or regressive. Is a, is Promising Young Woman a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? What say you? I mean, I think it's fairly obvious after our long conversation um, from the inception of the idea, from the conception of the idea um, to the follow through, I th- the way this subject matter was handled and portrayed and the um, like the just ripping open like the humanity of it all in a way that we have not seen or have not seen enough of yet that I absolutely, I I would even watch another revenge thriller because I have hope now that it can be done in this way and can be really thought provoking while maintaining like the humanity of everyone and not being a caricature of, you know, women or femininity or any of that. So Mm. yeah. I would say progressive, Tobin. How about you? I uh, was on Twitter a couple of maybe a week or two ago and um, came across a tweet by um, uh, former guest and um, namesake director of our of our podcast, Rod Lurie. Yes. Um, My good friend, Rod. Uh, your good friend Rod, um, who had just watched the movie and was raving about it, we know what a, an amazing directorial achievement. What a great, what a great script! Um, and this is back when I was worried about watching the movie because I didn't know what it was going to be. And but that had me really intrigued. I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, Rod likes this movie. Okay, so like. You know, I'm I'm interested, and I I um, circling back. We'll go back and give a big old like to that to that tweet when I find it here again because um, I think this is such a great example of what film can do, both as a medium and as a way of expressing 
um, a point of view, uh, both, both both for the medium of film and for and for uh, uh, you know expressing this this point of view. And I, I just it's such a great achievement from you know um, the script all the way to the way it's shot and the way it sounds and the way it's. I mean, it's not uncommon for an actor to direct actors really well, um, but this is a such a great. She, uh, Emerald Fennell has such a great understanding of what actors can do and how their their performances will play against their previous roles. Um, and so uh, I think it's definitely progressive, definitely a step forward. And I'm so excited to see what all of these people do next. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody is like burnished by this movie. So um, well, and, I'm excited for it. Like uh, we've said a couple of times, we've recorded this prior to the Oscars. Right. So we don't know how it turns out. So there are five nominations total. Right. Um, three nominations that that I feel like engage um, Emerald Fennell most specifically yeah. um, mm-hmm. for screenplay, for director, or for best picture. If if you could hand out an Oscar in one of those categories to her, which would you hand out? Do you think screenplay this year? Yeah. Given what's what's there i would and partly that's my bias to screenplays that are screenplays i love um nomadland so much we talked in our last episode about the way that movie was made and the way that the script was constructed which was a different a different way of making material which is i think worked beautifully beautifully for that movie but i think that the the one of the things that is so smart about this movie as you have said is the conception of the story and the way the story is told and as wonderful as the as the directing is i feel like i would give i would give it for that um what, what about you of those three which I, if, yeah. if, if, if emerald got to take home one statue which one would no, you give right her? i am not i don't know as much i don't know nearly as much of the technical pieces of the behind the scenes that you do i think just for the sake of being interesting i would i would go directing um mm. because in this year where two women are nominated i, I really want one to win um, and either would be outstanding. And I, 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 I'm really glad that she made this movie in this way. And so <laughs> I think as you know, we can, we're not talking about what awards mean or how they're important or not, but I, I think it would be very special if she won for directing this movie. Love it. Love it. I would love. I would love a uh, Carrie Mulligan uh, one, and I'm so glad she's nominated for this movie. Absolutely, I want um, to hear her speech. Hundred percent. She she has an Oscar coming to her one day. I am sure. Uh, better be, or I'm going to be. I'm going to be making my life's work to write her a role that gets <gasps> yes! her an Oscar. Oh my goodness! Um, I want to see that movie, whatever it is. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's what a great question. I'm I'm excited to see. And by now, by the time you listen to this, you will know. No, if, and you'll be like, "Hey, dummy, uh, they swept the whole thing." <laughs> <laughs> yes, they gave them awards for things they weren't even nominated for. Love it. Alfred Millian, a Best Supporting Actor, <laughs> or Clancy Brown, who we didn't talk about, who plays her dad, who Clancy I love Brown. so much. Yes, that what a um, great um, set of parents in. Yeah. This, you know. In this movie. Okay. Oh goodness. Okay, yeah. we have to stop. Are we going uh, on? We could, and we might. Anyway, um, Island. Uh, what are we going to cover next on our on our show? It's a great question. Next up, we're going to cover Shirley from 2020, and that will appear in your feed on May 25th. Wow, it seems like so long from now. Where do we find Shirley? 
if we're looking. Uh, you can find Sherlock on Hulu. Hulu. It's also rentable other places, but Hulu Hulu is its streaming service uh, of uh, if you if you are if you are a subscriber, it's streaming there for free. Um, this is Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss playing Shirley Jackson in the biopic uh, by Josephine Decker. So, uh, and we we will have a guest on that show. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, which will be fun. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Tobin, in the meantime, where can folks uh, find you online and where can they see pictures of your adorable dog? <laughs> My dog who's been shorn to, to <laughs> you know, not to her skin, but real, real close. Totally different dog. Totally different dog. I've not posted pictures of her that way yet online. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, all one word, posting pictures of my dog and talking about the Oscars and um, some other things uh, here. So come come see me there and say hello. Please send us um, uh, p- pictures of you and your swag yes, on Twitter. We'd love to see. We, you know, we get uh, notified when things are purchased. I want to see more of them. Shot. And, and I mentioned last time and i i meant to do it earlier in the episode and i didn't but i would like to thank those of you who have bought swag which um gave us the funds to rent this movie to watch it um to to be able to cover it on the show so thank you very much yes, for uh, for that so Isa, where can people find you i'm online? mostly just liking stuff these days i don't think i've been particularly original but i am at sassy nerd mt on twitter um, and you can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at thecontenderspod.com. Special thanks to our members and friends who've joined at the marquee level or above, Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington. And Aslan, you have another podcast, I think, too, that people can find you <laughs> That's at. true. I do. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm also a co-host on High School Slumber Party AP. So on the, uh, it comes out in the same feed as High School Slumber Party regular. Um, and and they have like 200 episodes. It's the catalog is amazing. It's so much fun to go back. Um, like when I notice something's on TV or I, I Mm. reminded of something uh, because I love high school movies. Um, It's fun to go back and listen to what they've said about it. Uh, Neither here nor there. But find High School Slumber Party AP on um, cageclub.me. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Uh, (laughs) We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows like High School Slumber Party AP at cageclub.me, as Aislinn said. And you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings over on Twitter at cageclubpod. As always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the Oscars. Or in, have, hope you enjoyed the Oscars this year. I am Tobin Addington. I'm Aislinn Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. Producer is Allison Cohen, Ashley Fox Fiona, Walsh Pines. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot a comma there. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, I really, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for it, but. Oh, can we take the producers one more time? <laughs> Absolutely.